This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks very much for joining me. I've got a conversation with Trevor Perez from Obituary to share with you. Now, the catalyst for our chat was due to an Australian tour which occurred in January of 2020, which means the conversation is a legacy. It's been available on podcast apps for some time now, indeed since December 2019, but here it is on YouTube for your listening pleasure. Throughout this chat, we talk about Trevor's impact on mid-paced death metal. He practically invented it, given his guitar stylings, his use of Stratocaster guitars, and his friendship with the late, great Ralph Santola, amongst many other topics, all worthy. So here he is, Trevor Perez from Obituary. I'm sure you're aware, mate, that this there's a lot of noise around this tour. It's virtually, I wouldn't say completely sold out because I don't want to misrepresent, but it's pretty bloody close to it. And, and I think it's such a great advertisement for the wonderful work that you specifically have been doing in the death metal workshop, as I like to call it. I had a chat to Lee Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> I had a chat to Lee Harrison yeah. from Monstrosity recently, and I called. I said, "Mate, you tinker away in that death metal workshop. You keep going." Yeah, and, and yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> that's all. You know, and you've been doing it for thirty-five years, brother. And I just want to thank you so much for doing that, because for people like myself, your music and your guitar playing, because I'm a musician, has been so inspirational. Um, so, mate, what, what oh, can thank you, mate? I know you're playing uh, "Cause of Death," but mate, you've got so many fantastic albums. So, so what can you tell us about these shows in Australia? Uh, well, obviously, we're playing the "Cause of Death" album, but it's not going to be just that because that would be a like 32 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot how long the album is. I think it's 28 minutes, maybe. I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, we're uh, so we're obviously going to play that front to back and. Um, we're going to play some, obviously, some other classics from the, that time frame as well, and uh, and some sprinkle in a few newer tunes that we've got that uh, would fit well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're definitely not just playing only causes that. So, there'll be a little bit of stuff from our whole history. So. Sweet, yeah, mate. Can you can you believe that? Of course, you've made a career out of it, but it's a 35-year career at this point. You know, I mean, you, you are a successful band. You're effectively a classic band at this point in time. You know, when we were growing up and we were thinking of Canned Heat and Led Zepp and Skinner and that stuff, mate, you, in my view, you have joined that pantheon. So mate, <laughs> can, can, you, can, you, can you attribute your success to, to anything specifically? Can, can you tell me... Why you think the band has been so successful? I don't know. I, I guess luck. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I get you know. At the time, I guess when we first started, this style in general wasn't popular at all. Really, I mean, you know, there was just a handful of bands doing playing like extreme music at the time. Mm. I guess as part of it, and um, <clears throat> like I went to a high school with like two thousand students, and I think there was eight of us that listened to extreme music, you know, yes. <laughs> back then. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, a lot of it, probably possibly luck and good competition around our area as well. Bands all, uh, striving to create something unique and heavy. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's, I, I can't really pinpoint it. Uh, I'm fucking grateful for it. It's fucking amazing mm-hmm. that, 
people still love it and uh and we we never broke the formula as well i think you know like Indeed, I, yeah. some people you know some some bands like to experiment a lot and we've experimented a little tiny bit here and there throughout but nothing really off the beaten path it's always kind of been right in our little gamut of style that people love and what i like to do i mean musically as far as what we create we do that because we love it the style we do is just it's fun and Try to make something really heavy and makes your hair on your arm stand up, you know? Agree, mate, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this story quickly. I, I met my, my wife about 14 years ago or so, and she's right into R&B like Beyonce and Neo and all that bullshit. And one of the first things that I did when she came back to my place, you'll love this, was this is when YouTube first came out. I put on the video to right. I Don't Care. And I just watched her reaction because I wanted to see whether or not she's a keeper or not. But she goes, actually, there's a lot to like in this. You know, like it's got a good groove. It's got some good riffs or, you know, what she termed to be riffs in there, mate. So what what I think about your music, mate, is that even though it's heavy, it is extreme metal. There's a universal quality to it. So if you're a like just a passive observer on heavy music, Obituary was generally the band out of the big four, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse, Deerside. Or obituary was the band that, generally speaking, the regular person could get into. Have you have you ever had that feedback before? Yeah, I think so for sure. Like like my uh, my grandmother, who God bless her heart, she's been dead for years now. But hmm. like I remember years ago, I was playing. I think Cause of Death maybe, and she was like, she loved like uh, bluegrass and country music was her forte, like hmm. big time, yeah. Hmm. And like my grandpa was played bluegrass but she she's like I don't obviously she goes I can't tell what your singer's doing at all obviously she goes but she goes man the music she goes I she goes I can dance to that <laughs> you know she could feel yeah. the rhythm and the beat you know and she's an old timer you know so from her you know I remember getting that reaction just from my grandmother and I was like okay cool you can feel it and I've had other people throughout the years same thing kind of like yeah. yeah I don't even listen to metal at all you know but I can feel the rhythm you know there's definitely a rhythmic thing going on absolutely catchy you know yeah, and I think, look, I'm a, I'm a guitarist and bass player, and I've really admired your guitar playing over the years, I've got to say. You know, you, your guitar playing specifically uh, is the template. It's the foundation on which Obituary have built a career, in my view. And when I think of underrated guitarists who have contributed so much, there's basically yourself and Vito Brada from White Lion that the average person might not know the name of, but you know what I'm saying, don't you? Like. Really, really accomplished guitarist who's got a really distinct sound who, as soon as I hear the opening chords to almost any obituary song, I know it's you. I don't need to know it's obituary, so I, I can just tell it's you. But you, but Trevor, I've got to tell you, mate, you, you practically invented mid-paced death metal. So do, <laughs> did you, do you get a lot of feedback from guitarists like myself who, who, who talk to you about the influence that you've had over them? Oh yeah, it happens. Yeah, uh, big time. Yeah, um, like you said, you know, obviously I'm not a household name when it comes to guitar players at all. You know, in general, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that say the same kind of thing. Like, you know, obviously, you know, for obituary or for this style, people mm. know my sound when I hit that chord the first time around. In fact, years ago, was, I think like in 2000, I had a sideband project I made called Catastrophic. Yeah. And I was uh, touring, I was in tour in Europe and with about six bands, and we were like one of the middle bands in the tour. And, and Dying Fetus is on the tour, who I was friends with, but 
that day. I was doing sound check in the venue, and the buses were parked right next to the venue. And I was done, and I came back into the bus, and and I was sharing buses with Diane Tetis and John, uh, their singer, you know, yeah, hmm. yeah, guitar player. He or he was uh, he was crawling out of his bunk, wiping his eyes clear, and he said, "Hey man, what's going on?" And I was like, "I'm just finished sound check." He goes, "I know." I go, "What do you mean?" He goes. I goes, dude, I heard your guitar. I goes, oh, that's Trevor in there playing. I can tell. He goes, he, he goes, it woke me up. He goes, it's time for because his sound check was out of He goes, I knew that was you in there playing. I could hear it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Well, and, and the other thing, too. You're right, you go. I was going to say, that tour, like, probably the first time, because it was like 2000, and it was after Obituary had split up for a while, hmm. was probably the first re- realization that our band had influenced a lot of people, too, because we were with some younger bands, and and uh, people were like, and I was like, like, I was on that tour. I was the oldest dude on the tour in general, as far as artists go, mm-hmm. musicians. And people were, you know, always telling me about it during that whole tour. Kind of made me nervous sometimes. I was like, are they just blowing steam up my ass? Because <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I yeah. didn't realize we had influenced people that much at that point, you know. And then mm-hmm. I started realizing it then. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and and I think the other way that you've influenced people is that is that look, I play strats as well, and, and I know you're a big strat user, and uh, you know I I, I yeah. never felt that um, you needed to use a guitar that looked like a bloody medieval weapon to play choice extreme yeah. metal like you do, you know, you know. So yeah. can can you tell me why you use strats? Is there a technical reason why you've gone that direction? Uh, I get a well, when I was I mean I, I loved Iron Maiden. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, and uh, Jimi Hendrix and mm. uh, other players that play strats, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I guess that's part of the reason. And uh, I actually, and also a local band, Nasty Savage, David Austin played a strat oh, yeah. nice. in yeah. Tampa, Brandon area. And uh, and I remember the first time playing one, I was like, Man, this thing, it felt like a really good guitar, you know, just like you could sit down with it, you could put it in your lap, it didn't fall over because it was a V or a fucking warlock or mm. you know and you can hold it in your lap and play it and it felt like a quality guitar and the sound was versatile i could you know i could make it sound like i needed it to sound and it always felt good and ever since then i was like i love this guitar and fuck it i'm gonna stick with the strat and um and lo and behold years later there's still not many people playing them in death metal but no, it's crazy yeah. but there's definitely there's been a few people that play them you know that that's told me they play him because of me, which is cool. I was like, well, call off Fender and let them know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that was what I was thinking, mate. Has is, is Fender ever decided, has Fender ever approached you to honor you for your use of them? Because really, I mean, they, they bloody well should, in my view. I mean, you've influenced a lot of people to pick up strats and play extreme metal. Yeah, I've, I actually do have an endorsement. It's not a, they've given me a couple guitars. Mostly it's, you know, they, they sell me stuff at cost, hmm. which is cool. So it's more than 50% off, like, I think the last strat I got, I, yeah, they charged me like thirty percent of the list, so that wow, was cool. Yeah. So I got a deal with them. You know, they don't really. I would like to do a signature one, which would be really simple, mm-hmm. basic guitar. It wouldn't have anything but a humbucker on it and a Floyd with a volume. That'd be it, and the That's tone would be need. off. Yeah. <laughs> it would be simple. Mm-hmm. No fret markers. You know, black ebony fretboard and probably a matte finish black. But uh, 
I guess I'm not popular enough for them to justify creating a signature for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, have you ever been approached by like a you know like a cottage builder, so to speak, or a, or, a, or a builder who you know that seems to be all a rage these days, doesn't it? For for a luthier to approach like Dino in Fear Factory or somebody like that, and I know there's a guy in Perth that's doing it at the moment. So you must get hit up a lot by luthiers wanting to craft things for you. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've gotten a couple. I've actually got a couple. Uh, do uh, Grossman guitars. Uh, he's uh, from Romania. He mm -hmm. built me a guitar, uh, which is a beautiful guitar. It's amazing. Uh, I got to customize. I did like a neck through, you know, one piece. And another guy in Sardinia, Italy, actually. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, he was yeah. a he was a young kid who freaking is amazing. Like he does his hand work. He, like he can build a freaking acoustic guitar. You know, this guy's amazing. Mm. And uh, and he's a and daily like daily he you know people bring the violins to him and repairs and she does all kind of shit like that you know he built me a really sick neck through we even did like the uh, the nut we put a Floyd in the nut I got the widest nut Floyd makes which is around about an eighth of an inch which is about close to three millimeters wider than a standard Strat nut yeah. area you know the nut width. So that's killer because my hands are kind of big, so it's nice. It's nice and comfy up there when you're up top. Yep. You don't have to. Yeah, it's easier for me to stretch my fingers out bigger, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And, guitar. And, and I'll ask you a question about Ralph, Ralph Santola, if that's okay, because I actually got to know him, I wouldn't say yeah. well, but, you know, I, got, I had a a few conversations with him and uh, I rate his guitar playing very highly. I actually think that he reinvigorated Deicide's career when he joined them and then when he left Deicide, yeah, went went to you guys and, and I've got on vinyl, I've got Executioner's Return and I can't bloody find Darkest Day anywhere. I'm searching high and low for it um, to try and get a copy <laughs> of that. But but can you can you tell me any Ralph stories? <laughs> you got any? Because I know he was a bit of a cack to be oh, around. Got which one of the four billion that I have? <laughs> <laughs> you choose one. <laughs> God, man, he was he was my brother. Man. You know, like we had the greatest time together in general, like together on tour and and even off tour. He yeah, he'd come over and stay at my house for the weekend. And hell, yeah, in fact, my wife's from Sardinia. That's how I met the other guitar oh, right. dude who made the okay. Sardinian guitar. But yeah. I was one time he he came to Sardinia for a week with me. Hold on a second. Uh, is it on? It should be on the. Hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah. It might be. Yeah, on the table up there. There's a charger, everything in it. Sorry, my merch guy. He. Uh, we're on. We're doing a show tonight. Oh, we're sweet. looking for our uh, credit card processing little device. Anyway, oh yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, like, like he came to Sardinia with me for a week one time, you know, and everybody in that town that I'm friends with fell in love with him, you know, and everybody was obviously crushed when he passed. Um, I couldn't believe it, but, uh, no, but yeah, no, I mean, cool, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that we did together, like going fishing and obviously drinking and raising hell. <laughs> it was always, <laughs> always a good time. You know, it's funny too, cause Ralph, he was a party animal, crazy, eccentric, manic, depressive, psychotic motherfucker and hmm. the sweetest heart at the same time and loved really good food and, you know, and. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it was, he like you know, he liked to indulge on everything from food to drugs to alcohol. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he let. He that's let why he's still not here. 
Yeah. Oh, it's such a shame. I actually got to talk to Bill Hudson, who you think you know is his, one of his best friends or was yeah. his best friend. And, you know, we talked in some detail uh, about his friendship with him. And, uh, yeah, it's um, – Look, yeah, I mean, it was it was truly a shock for me. Uh, I, I just say I wasn't mates with him in the way that you were or Bill was, but I knew him well enough, and it was truly a shock to see that when he did that Facebook post when he was going into hospital, uh, I just thought he'd come out, but then a week later he was gone. You know, and I really yeah. felt we just, we as extreme music fans lost one of our heroes through that process, yeah. and I just try to spread the word, mate, about his, his contribution. I just – anybody who doubts his ability, mate, I just show them um, Executioner's Return and uh, um, Homage for Satan. You know that? It's uh, yeah. two, two, two probably oh, the best no, albums he's, he's Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can't question what he did on lead. He was just an incredible guitar player. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I think maybe – was it the first one we did with him? One of the t- one of those albums we did with him. I remember him. He, <laughs> he did some crazy ass shit. He goes, he goes. I made that shit. He goes to where, you know, no one can play it. He goes, sub me. <laughs> you know, he, like, <laughs> he did it on purpose. Jokingly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, but you know, you have to keep me now forever because no one else is gonna be able to play that shit. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, he was a comedian, big time. Yeah. <laughs> Said he was, yeah. yeah. Mate, I think I've got to wrap things up. I think have you got another phone call coming through after me? No, I, we got this meet and greet though here in a few minutes. All right, no worries. Well, I'll make 5 this one. Yeah. I'll make this my last question, brother. Um, Australia, mate, have you had a good relationship with us over the years? Have we been a good territory for obituary? Oh my god, dude! Put this way, <laughs> just in general, like if anybody brings up Australia, not even about me playing shows or. Just Australia in general, the people from Australia. Hmm. I'll fucking have loved the people from Australia, like just as a general population, like not even, not even, not even. I mean, in general, not even metal fans, just people that I meet from Australia, the coolest people in the world. It's like I always get along with everybody from Australia. I don't know what it is. It's like we must have shared blood or something. It's crazy. Always have the greatest time down there. The shows are always killer, of course, and the fans are just amazing. Just the people, though, like I said. I remember I toured. This is when I had catastrophic. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was the fourth. It might have been. Was it that same tour? I can't remember. It's all a blur at this point. <laughs> all these tours I've done. Yep. But we were on tour. Was uh, Destroyer Six 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 was with us. Nice. It might have been the same damn tour because it was like seven or eight bands on that tour, and mm-hmm. they were on it. And it might have been with Cheetahs as well. Same tour. But uh, yeah, we hit it off, man. We were fucking hanging out every night, fucking throwing down. Like you know what I mean? Like it was about. 70 people on the tour and I was hanging with those guys more than anybody probably. We were like <laughs> That's cool, dude. Yeah. Cut from, we were cut from the same cloth. <laughs> well, I like to say, mate, totally. that um, what I notice is, mate, Florida isn't, because I'm at uni, right, and I'm with a lot of students from the States and some of them are from Florida and they're very similar to Australians. Right. So, so I, I oh, think yeah. Florida, Floridians and Australians, mate, there must be some sort of shared heritage there. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, it, it totally... <laughs> It is. Well, we always say we're kind of like the Australia of North America because, you know, we yes. got the craziest venomous snakes and fucking alligators. Hell, we even got crocs. We're the, only, we're, the only, we're the only place in the Northern Hemisphere that has crocs in the whole planet. You know what I mean? Yep. And obviously, it's just a wild land, so we're definitely sharing some fucking something. <laughs> cool mate well look and we got sharks and the whole thing you too, got the whole so thing yeah you got the whole thing and the weather's virtually the same as well 
Especially the coastal. Oh weather. yeah, big time. You know, so. Yeah. Cool, mate. All right. Well, look, I better let you get to this next thing that you got going on. And look, just thank you for doing what you're doing, mate. I meant what I said earlier about tinkering away in the death metal workshop. People like yourself and Lee Harrison, yeah. mate, just thank God for you. You know, because you, you give so I much. It. You make our lives, mate. It just speaks. It's a little bit easier because we can listen to obituary. You know what I mean? So thank you for doing that. Fuck yeah, man. Awesome. I appreciate it. No worries, brother. All right. Well, good luck with everything. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, mate. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. I'll be there for sure. No worries. All right. Gotcha. Well, that's it. Done and dusted. Another episode. That one featuring Trevor Perez from Obituary. Hope you enjoyed that one because if you did, you're in luck. There's plenty more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. And I know you like reading because you're a smart audience. You're a smart person. If you've listened this far, you're incredibly intelligent, it must be said, which means that you love books. And you're in luck on that front because I have written one. Click on the link in the banner on my website. You'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice. You know what to do from there. There's some more information to share with you about the book. But before we get to that, I'll bid you a fond farewell. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. And I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast. Until next time, it's a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, I, just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldina. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded and, and he was into having his, his musicians that were playing with him just 
reach out for, for the best stuff that they have. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>